were basically brainwashed, but I don't like to use the word brainwashed. We are trained. We are trained to make purchases out of emotion. When we buy things, we don't go, oh, this is the most convenient product. We go, oh, this is the product that makes me feel the best. Welcome to Learn With Us, brought to you by 303 and We are a team of four non-financial advisors who are exploring a revolutionary new financial approach that goes beyond money to prioritize your emotional, mental, and spiritual well-being. Through weekly meetings and engaging podcasts, we strive to help you improve all aspects of your well-being as well as ours. Come join us on this journey of growth and self-improvement because at 303 and we believe true wealth extends beyond dollars and cents. Happy learning! Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Learn With Us, brought to you by 303 and Today, we're going over Retire Before Mom and Dad by Rob Berger. How's everybody doing? Doing well, thank you. I'm doing pretty good. We're at the end. Well, our final thoughts. Bro, we We've made it. at the end. Where do we even begin with this summary? It was quite the journey, at least for me. How about, do you remember yourself before you read this book? Like, what, what were you, some ways that you used to think? My main thing was I thought I needed money. I was ready to be like a billionaire, whatever it took to get there. And then finally, after reading this one for the second time, it was like, we need nothing. We need to lose everything. And then we can retire and figure everything else after that. But like, let's retire as soon as possible and then worry about the money. We want to sell our house, become a homestead. Like, we're ready to give all of it up. <clears throat> Connor's even uh, finally going through the, his record collection and parting with some of them, which I never thought would happen. <laughs> it's the one hoarder thing I always thought I'd keep, but even that, I'm like, I don't need them. I can't listen to that many. I'm not moving them. I'm not storing them. I'm not taking care of them. You're not about to pick up a um, DJ Eat Scratching? Get back onto this retire before mom and dad. Well, technically, we were talking about our dads, so related is your dad retired yeah my dad has made it and my mom now i guess they've both officially made it so i didn't beat them no but you might be <laughs> you might be I don't younger think it's that you might necessarily beat them i think it's that yeah i know that's what it is. no no it's literally yeah, you don't no. you take the 40 year track i right? think he literally meant uh before them in the book oh yeah. really i thought it meant like oh, age-wise like before age they would have no because no i well I thought that too, but the letter says, don't be, don't get jealous that they'll retire and you'll still have to work or something like that. Oh, that's true. I do remember the beginning intro. I wrote down my five key takeaways that I got from this book. My first one was the American dream is a trap. It's not a dream. It's almost like the American nightmare. Thinking that you need a big house with 40 acres and a giant garage filled with toys and that's when you finally made it you know you have the american lifestyle it's like but now you're in debt for the rest of your life congratulations and that was hard to accept for me does it feel like to you guys that the american dream has kind of shifted like it used to be that the house the it it used to be the things but now at least in our age age group it's more about that the freedom you know that that actual financial freedom that it, I don't need a lot of things. I just need the freedom to do whatever I want. I don't think we're quite there yet. I I feel like there's like 10%, maybe 20 waking up to it. But 
when I talk to people at work, it's still the same where they're, it, yeah, that sounds nice. That would be a good idea. It's like, no, it's practical. You, you, you can use it. Like, <laughs> yeah, you can be doing it right now. And they're like, no, yeah, that, I'll dream about that. It's like, so I don't, they're still right like in between. It does feel like it's more people though waking up at least. Like, oh, for sure. I'm, I, you see it everywhere now. Yeah, social media. I, I like that's one of the good things about social media is that is democratizing all this knowledge that only a few people used to have access to in the past. Knowledge is power. Indeed. My second big takeaway was we should have started investing ten years ago, mm. which that one. I mean, not much you can do about it other than start today or as soon as possible. But it really hurts me sometimes. Same. <laughs> Like, man, all that money I just blew on. And I try to think of what I even bought, like, as a kid or as a teenager. Like, I had thousands of dollars coming in, and where, where is it? <laughs> you know, I do the same exercise, and I I don't remember anything of the thing except for the things that I've kept, like electronics and but Even clothes. that's a few. Yeah. Like, that's a TV, a, a car, maybe. And the rest is gone. <laughs> Mostly just food. Food and... Tickets, hanging yeah. out with friends like what i got from the book one of the things i got was that uh you don't have to wait until you have like a good job or you make like a thousand dollars a week or you are you know 25 years old to to start investing you should just do it now even if you make 200 dollars a week working part-time you should still invest what you can 10 percent rule from our other book because everybody, there's so many people I talk to and they're like, I'm going to do that someday. Oh, yeah, I'm going to do that someday. And I just look at them like, no, why? So you can end up like me? Like, do it now. I cannot save because I don't make enough to save. But the reason is you'll yeah. never make enough to save. You'll never. Exactly. Yes. A lot of times, it really, I mean, I know sometimes like things can be tight, but it's like after you have your like your essentials that you need and all that it's like how much extra are you really spending like how many times are you going to fast food a week it's like so yeah you might still be living paycheck to paycheck but even if you can squeeze twenty dollars like you said to invest you can find it if you that's look. like our thing we were talking about before the podcast was priorities like you you're saying that you have the money you're spending it on here and there so you need to pick where to spend yeah, like you, it. And savings you still may needs not, to be the priority. Yeah, you still may not have a lot of money, but how many times are you going to the gas station on your work break and buying a bag of chips and a soda? Right there's like $6 a day. Red Bulls, $3 a can. Yeah, like. yeah with, in, <clears throat> with inflation now, it literally is $7. You're right, for a bag of chips and a Oh, drink. and you want to know? It used to be 2 used to be $2. Now it's 7 For real. That's insane. And you want to know what? me and Juan have done to help save some money is I've finally figured out how to make iced coffee at home that I like. So a lot of times I do oh, that. Nice. Now I, nice. I've gotten, I've bought coffee out twice in a month. That's all I've gotten coffee out. Dang. Right? That's it. For I those of you who don't know, that's pretty good for Elite. Yeah. I know. I've talked, <laughs> that's really talk good. about coffee all the time on this podcast with me. So I just thought I should let everybody know that I now make it at home probably 90% of the time. That's awesome. Connor's uh, latest adventure has been making bread. 
I saw one of your posts. Making... It was awesome. <laughs> no, it's it's been fun because it's it's not really money saving or time at this point, but it's been worth it just as our first start to learning the self sufficient. Like it's like part of eating the pill, you know, like yeah. you got to you learn all the stuff's in your bread and you're like, why? It's simple three ingredients and it takes an hour. There's literally like, <laughs> three ingredients in our bread. And then I can only eat half a sandwich and I'm super full. That is the most amazing part. And it's like when Amanda makes me eggs in the morning now, I can't even finish the breakfast. And before I'd get done eating, I'd be like, I'm still starving. Are you nice. saying because the food is better? Yeah. The bread is because like the something bread is in it. thicker it's, and like more filling. Yeah. Like it's actual bread. Like instead of that like air airy <laughs> stuff you buy in the grocery store unless you pay $6 for a loaf. But if you just buy a regular old sandwich bread at the store, it's you can like see it's through it. It's almost foam. <laughs> yeah, right. And this is like eating. I don't even know how to explain it. No, it's weird. Like you, you wonder how they used to live on bread and water, but when you eat that, you're like, oh, you could eat you bread and water. You literally could live on that <laughs> because it's so filling. He's saying we need to start making bread, which we went out and we bought yeast. We just haven't done it yet. And we haven't bought eggs in like a month or maybe a little more because I found a lady who anytime I want eggs, she brings me fresh eggs. Oh, nice. nice. And I've offered to pay her. We're she actually don't making even, sourdough, She don't too. even let me pay her for them. So it's free eggs. Oh, dang. Cool. You can't beat that. No, people, a lot of farmers learn to just get rid of it because they don't want to watch it go to waste. Mm-hmm. Like like a dollar for eggs. It's not just to get something yeah, out of Yeah, well. They're $3 a dozen up They here. get so many eggs a week. Like, there was, she was telling me that her that they got rid of seven dozen eggs in one day because they get so many eggs so often. Oh, and I made a really cool table. So I'm start- that's a side project that I'm going to do, too. Furniture. Re- Rehabilitating oh, that furniture is so that we cool. find for free. That is so cool. I've always thought that would be awesome. It, they, sent, they sent me this picture on the side of the road of a table. Bikes. They were riding bikes. <laughs> and it was awful and had, like, a, an inch worth of this nasty old stain on it. Like, definitely, like, a table from the 70s or something. Old. And I sanded it all and um, polyed it all, and uh, now it looks it looks amazing. I love it. It looks brand new. I'll have to send you a picture. Are you gonna sell it? No, but that. Well, not this one particular. Not but this one because we we're, thought in the future we it'd need be it. Great. Like it's a perfect. It's our perfect, perfect size for a spot we have. Yeah, we we're gonna use it, but yeah, I will potentially find. It was awesome. Because I wanted to, part of me wants to bring it back up to their house and be like, here you go. I fixed your table for you. <laughs> you didn't need to buy a new one. You could have just, re, you know, you could have just cleaned her up. <laughs> I wanted to do that with a lawnmower from the neighbor. Yeah. <laughs> Remember I got it running. I was like, I should just go give it back to him. Be like, dude, it cost me five bucks. I fixed your I lawnmower. I feel bad. I stole this from you. <laughs> <laughs> but some people, they just don't want to put, it's just funny. But I've been enjoying it. I've been staining or whatever, literally for the past week, every day and night. Now it's got like five coats and it's good. But those are some ways we've, from the book, that have inspired us to start looking outside the conventional path. My third big takeaway was that I need to do a lot more research on different types of investments. Because after, like, I remember we did that whole episode and it was like, oh, we we thought we knew, but we don't. We understand what they mean, but we don't know which one's the best for us or how to use it. Dude, there is so many, so many, so many financial products. It's like buying cars and houses. 
I was going to say it, because then you're like, oh, do I need this volcano insurance? And yeah. Like, but you don't live near a volcano. <laughs> but you never know. That's why financial I I advice. Is oh, sorry. No, you're good. I was going to. I was going to say, I found my favorite. No, <laughs> you go for it. No, you go You know, for you it. might need the volcano insurance if the one in Yellowstone ever erupts. No matter where you live. Insurance, yeah, covered no matter insurance doesn't cover catastrophic events. <laughs> I was just being dramatic, but I know I was just joking. Gosh, you found your favorite quote. <laughs> My favorite part of this oh. book is page one ninety four, and it says three key concepts, and then it says number one is just do it, number two is just do it, and number three is just do it. So what's, <laughs> take your pick, one, two, or three. That's my favorite page. That is the best part of this book. <laughs> You're right, because at the end of the day, you need to start. You need to start investing. That's the biggest takeaway. At the end of the day, sometimes I feel like I'm almost sick of listening to us talk because how many times can you talk about it? Just do it. (laughs) Yeah. For real. Not that, like, you know, understanding it and all of that isn't a good thing. I'm just saying, like, we can debate it all the time and the ways and how and the what ifs, and but just do it. No, that's a good point because even doing it wrong, I feel like maybe for a year, I mean, don't keep doing it wrong but you'd be like oh that that was a bad but at least you start yeah that's better than being like oh well i'm never gonna start i could do it wrong like that's a horrible excuse because then you'll learn you'll still have take you'll still take away what you've learned and you'll never do that again you're like wow that cost me hundreds of dollars that was stupid it's called the market tuition you learn from the market like when like when you start trading and you lose a lot of money that's your market tuition oh so you're bound to lose money at some point and then Literally, the next page goes along with what you just said, because there's a quote on there, and it says, it's one thing to shoot yourself in the foot, just don't reload the gun. (laughs) No, yeah, it's all right to get hurt. Make mistakes. Can't be afraid of that. I've never been, at least, you know. I'd rather we lost our money all in one way. No, like that terrible stock you picked that just keeps plummeting, and I'm like, will you stop investing in that? You have to stop picking. I believe you. You're so bad at All the ones I pick, I've literally, like, tripled, quadrupled. It's like 40% of our thing right now is all the ones Amanda picked, and then my, like, 2%, 4% is the two I picked. He's just not good at it. I'm like, oh, it sounds good. And I'm like, no, that's not. It does not sound good. Nobody's going to want that. It's a slow grower. Just believe in it. <laughs> it's down 8%. I'm like, oh, maybe stop. I'm like, please, please stop doing that. I'm like, please put that money in something else. I left the money in it. I just quit putting more you're like, into it. You're, you're probably so thinking, it could come yeah, back. you're like, it's not a loss if you don't sell. <laughs> uh, uh. Uh, never sold it. Still got it. <laughs> It's funny every month. Hey babe, but it's, it's still going down. I'm like, what? Well, that goes along with my next one. Small goals, you know. <laughs> I had small goals, hoping it'd only go up a little. You know, it wasn't rate, it wasn't the next Apple or nothing. But I thought, you know, they would do all right. Yeah, you you need that. Uh, what is it called? It's not technical analysis. Fundamental analysis. You gotta do that first. Oh, for sure. So, yeah, it's not like you go in completely blind or nothing. You come with it, approach it with some sort of, (laughs) with a little bit of intelligence. Mm -hmm. Definitely. But it's important to mention it, though, because see what what happens is that, all right, when you think about it, you're rational. You, you, You realize that there's a proper way to do things. But then the thing is, 
as as people and technically as a species we've been conditioned to do things without thinking you know it's like scripts that we've downloaded into our brains and then we just act according to what those scripts program us to do so for example and this is really important because one of those scripts affects our uh, consumerism like the our need for novelty so we are we're basically brainwashed but i don't like to use the word brainwash we are trained we are trained to make purchases out of emotion when we buy things we don't go oh this is the most convenient product we go oh this is the product that makes me feel the best you might Absolutely. you might think that they lead you to the same outcome and sometimes they do but the thing is that um biologically or neurologically at least you're triggering different pathways in your brain so this this same phenomenon can be extrapolated and transferred to greater purchases greater purchases like you buy a house just because it feels nice you buy a car because it gives you status you might do the same thing on a stock so Okay, what, what's the, the, the idea is we, we know that we need to do things right, but be aware that at the moment you're making a purchase, I, I'll bet you that chances are you're not, you're acting on, on emotion, not on logic. No, that's very, it's human as you're saying. It's, it's hard to even get past that because it's, you like filter it almost. You're like, I have this solid idea and then you shove it through a filter with emotion and then it comes out all messed up and you're like, oh, what happened? <laughs> And it's and like you said, it's biological. It's it's that that dopamine, the need for novelty. We need new things. It's 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 part of being human. You just need it. Oh yeah, we can never deny that there's joy from buying stuff. There there just is. You you feel better, but it's temporary. That's the problem. That's what this book was saying. Is that it's all very temporary. Where like buying stocks, you're gonna get that same feeling because when your money starts doubling, you're gonna get that same oh my goodness feeling. And then now it's also helping your retirement. It's not just for a toy that you've used for a month and now it sits in your garage or attic or wherever. And it's a different kind of feeling too because, like you said, you develop that happiness after you made the smart choice. You didn't get that happiness from the choice you made directly is from the consequences of the logical wow. choice you made It's not until you start seeing your money that you logically invested multiply that you get that happiness probably at the moment of the investment it was it was tedious it was painful maybe because you took all the money that you had for your xbox and instead invested it so you it's impossible you were not happy you're you might not be happy at that moment but if it was a logical choice and it was the good one, then it will bring you happiness. Instant gratification, you're saying. People like almost need that. Like When you buy something, you get it right away. You're like, oh, that was great. But when you do a stock, it's going to take you months to years. Yeah, even. yeah good No, point. I believe that. That makes sense. That's, I feel like that might be why some people don't, don't do it because there isn't an instant gratification. So if they don't see an instant result, what's the point? What's the point? Yeah. And they're no, going to see, Oh, I only made 10% while well, 10% on a thousand dollars is only a hundred. I didn't really make that much, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I don't that's get true. That. 
I'm like, <laughs> like, I mean, like yeah, that sounds think, worthless. Okay. How much is your money making exactly, in Exactly, that's what I was Zero. just going to say. It's like, how much did your... <laughs> or point zero you made like 10 two? cents? <laughs> 10 cents? Like, I don't get it. Yeah. Well, yeah. Or even like, keep it in a cookie jar. How much money is so making you? None. I think this Literally. this might not be the this might not be the argument that they're making, but I think that in their in in their mind they go, okay, why would I want to spend this this one thousand dollars, right? That's only going to bring me a hundred dollars. Why would I want to not spend it? Why would I want to give it to somebody else when I could buy me this amazing virtual reality headset or this amazing car? No, I don't. Think if it's... if I can just work for a day and make the one hundred dollars anyways. See, I mean, it might be like oh, that for some true. people, but I don't think it's like that for everyone because I have talked to someone that has done exactly what we just said, where. They're like, well, I'm not going to make that much money off of it. It's only 10%. I mean, or it's only 5% or it's right. only... Well, no, what I'm saying is that the reason why they think that that is not much money is because they go, oh, I can just make it in, in a day of work. So there's no point. I, I, might, I might as well just take advantage of that $1,000. Well, why take a month to do what you can do in a day? A, a year in this case, right? Is that because... Yeah, oh, for sure. But is that because people just don't understand that it's still free money well i think that's a great question dude you're not i think my dad answered it for me yesterday he said i think i think what happens is that we don't understand that the point of money is for itself it's that the money needs to multiply and he took this from the bible he's like really christian but i think it kind of makes sense even outside of it he says the point of money uh, money exists so that it can multiply itself that's the point of money so if we understand that and if we let money do its own thing, then, you know, we're going to be playing the game properly. Huh. We think money is to be spent, but no, the, the, the point of money is for itself to multiply. And he took that, the, there's a parable that Jesus said where he goes, there's a master and he has three servants. So he got these talents, which is money. So he gets these dollar bills and he gives one 50 bucks. He gives another one five bucks and then he gives another one one buck. So he goes for, he says, okay, I'm going to give you this money. You're going to take care of it. And then I'll be back in two years or whatever. So he comes back. And then the guy that he gave 50 bucks to, he took the money, invested it and multiplied it. And he made like 50 more. So he doubled the money and the master was like, whoa, you, you're good. You're a good servant. <laughs> then he goes to the guy who gave, who received $5 and he was, eh, he didn't know what to do with this. So he gave it to the bank. For, to get interest just for the interest which wasn't much but it was interest so the master said all right this is this is still acceptable you you made more money with the money that's good and then he goes to the guy that he gave only one dollar to and the guy says oh my master i was too afraid so i took the money and i just buried it so that nobody could take it and it would be protected and the master got pissed because <laughs> he, he said what that's that's wrong but why would Jesus say that the master was pissed? It means that Jesus understood that the correct thing to do with the money was to have it multiply itself. And that's what the two first servants did. So that's that's basically the, the deduction. So if, if you have money and your money is not multiplying itself, you're doing it wrong. I've heard that story before too and nobody ever said the word pissed. <laughs> I'm sorry. Well, he, well, you never heard like, about Jesus it. Jesus was pissed. That's <laughs> funny. No, Jesus wasn't pissed. It was the master. Uh, yeah, no, I, it was funny the way he said it. I was laughing. Yeah, he was like, "Hey, was bro, you question. disappointed me." 
I had one last, where my major takeaway from this book was, you're the only one who can pick how much you need to retire. And that's, I mean, it sounds so simple, but like, you're the only one who decides how much you're going to spend the rest of your life. You're the only one who picks. So if you think it takes $10 million to retire, that's because you have $10 million worth of stuff you want. And I'm not saying that's wrong, but that just means be ready to work. So if you want to retire even faster, you need to, or you, your wants need to be less. And that's been my biggest, like, I don't need $10 million. Even a million right now would be more than enough. It's not really simpler. We've decided, we realize that it's a lot more work and everything's going to be harder, but we're working for ourselves. It's not going to be easier. It's just going to be more. We're not working for Enjoyable. You know, I I used to watch this guy. It was a show called Mountain Man. And then one of the guys from that show, his name is Eustace. Eustace, I I think it's Eustace Wallace. He used to say when. I know him. Cool dude, man. He's super smart, bro genius mm-hmm. and he's a he's a farmer. he was okay we should watch that one so he he says he says whenever people ask me what i do for a living i say i live for a living and i thought man that's what i want that's, no that's what i, I want. literally oh, just said yeah. something like that the other day when we were talking about it was i just want to be able to do what i want literally like and do it together no, that's the major thing right now. We don't even see each other because of work. That was like when we were first getting together, that was our major thing. It was like, we're not going to be one of those couples. And now money is making us have no other choice. It's like, it's either we have to do this separate life or be poor. And like, let's fix the money issue and then we can be together. Which I bet you everybody said that at first. And then it's been 40 years and. <laughs> <laughs> They're retired now. Well, that's because they don't have right. a written plan. And most I, of the time. And I also feel like maybe most of the time they also don't, yeah, like they don't have a goal or a, or a way to uh, lessen their expenses. Because if we can't lessen our expenses, I won't be, ever be able to quit. No. And yeah, so that's have, why that's well. part of the reason why we're trying to like get rid of everything and do this and do that. And it's because we want to be able to live off of I want to be able to live off a hundred dollars a week, literally, because everything else I can provide for myself. Really pay for the land is like our only thing that we can't figure out how to get that for free. Like the rest it seems like you can get water from rain. You can get electricity from the sun, from the wind, from even waterfalls. We were learning like you can get all that. But at the end of the day you have to pay your land taxes yeah and so that's the one that's like we have to figure out a way to make that at least that much money well the point the content of the podcast in the future is going to be passive income what i just feel like i said i just feel like we sound crazy sometimes we sound like yeah it it wouldn't even sound like us i hate saying that stuff because it's like like what we're backwoods hillbillies what are you doing (laughs) <laughs> I'm like, yeah, but just want to move into the middle of nowhere and pretend that I live alone. What? <laughs> I'm just over the the lifestyle. What do they call it? The blue pill? We're over them. Or it's, we're ready for the red pill lifestyle. But we don't need the American lifestyle. I'm over the rat race. I don't want any part of it. <laughs> I'm, I'm literally taking, I'm taking myself out of it. I don't want it. Oh, we still plan on completely investing i mean like we're 
we plan on recording the whole experience. That's one of our ways to capital off it. And, and then we'll always have the memories. And that was it's one a win-win. Thing. We, we watched this other couple, and she said something the other day, and I really liked it. She was like, even though these videos didn't take off or, or whatever, it was way back, and they're terrible, and they're fun, she looks back on them, and it's like, if she hadn't have done that, though, she wouldn't have... She like, can watch her sons grow up. Yeah. She has eight years of she her kids. She can rewatch everything. On YouTube. It's, it's, <laughs> it's like, like amazing. So even if, just for yourself, it would be awesome. And then for your future and the, for the grandkids, and like the, it would always be there so they could see. And I just feel like that's, it would be a really cool experience. And that's literally all from this book. <laughs> like, it, at least for me, it was finally, not all of it, but it was, it motivated me the most to finally do it. Like I've always dreamt about it, but it was like, no, that that is attainable. That it's not a, just like the investing. It's not like, oh, that would be cool one day. Like, no, we could do this. Like, let let's do it. Yeah. the 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 key The key takeaway would be that when when you think about financial freedom, there's people who are gonna say, oh, financial freedom. It's when you become rich and you can get all these Lamborghinis and Ferraris and girls in bikinis and all this stuff. But in reality, it's, no, it's financial freedom is you're rich when you can afford the lifestyle that you want based purely on income from your investments. Once you do that, then you're rich, according to the books that we've read. And that makes much more sense to me because it doesn't put a precise, well, it, it does give you a precise dollar amount, but it fluctuates with with each one of us, like you said, you decide how well, much it costs. It's 25 times, isn't it? 25 times your expenses it's, for this book? I think it's it's a 25 or 45. Yeah, I think it's 25. Or 40, yeah. One of those two. Did Alita have a takeaway? I don't think she's um, giving a big... Yeah, no, I haven't. Everybody kept talking. Um, <laughs> my takeaway... I don't know. I Hold on. Yep. I was going to say, I don't know. I think it's kind of what Amanda said, but I like how um, basically it tells you that you can start investing even though you don't really know what you're doing yet. Like, just do it and learn along the way, basically. Because I remember being, I don't know, 20, 21 years old, and I wanted to invest some money that I had, but I knew nothing about it. I even asked somebody one time, I was like, yeah, I kind of want to invest in Tesla because I feel like that's going to be a good company. Mind you, this was 10 years ago. And this guy was like, oh, no, that's that's a bad thing to invest in. So guess what I didn't do? I didn't invest in Tesla. <laughs> no, that's one thing we talked about a lot, too, was other people's opinions from or professional advice is worthless. Like your uncle who's poor, you don't need to. I mean, you should listen to him, but. I don't think you should focus on what he said. Take, Take what he everybody's says with a grain advice. Of salt. Our biggest takeaways have been so far where you need to just start and you don't need to fear investing. It's it's the best way to retire. It's the only way to retire is investing even if it's not into stocks. There's invest into anything. But without your money working for you and making at least 9% a year, you'll never go. Anyone can start investing. Even with your debt, too. That You know, that was one we've always struggled with. Was Are we doing the right thing investing even though we could be using this money? But it's like, no, investing the years are more important. 
you can't make back up old time. You can get rid of old debt, but you can't make up old years. Right. Lost years. <laughs> yeah, I really also like how the book breaks the numbers down. I feel like that puts things in a more realistic picture for No, I recommend you go get the book for that purpose alone. When you see the numbers on the paper, it it blows your mind. I mean, we could talk all day, but you'll just hear 10, 10, 10, 10. (laughs) But when you look at it and you see the math, it's mind-blowing. It really is mind-blowing. All right, everybody. Thanks for stopping in. Join us next week for The Compound Effect by Darren Hardy. See everybody then. Bye. Bye. See you later, alligator. Thank you for joining us this week. We hope you've enjoyed our discussion and found it both informative and entertaining. Please stay connected with us and continue the conversation on our social media. You can follow us on Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, and TikTok. You can also catch us on most podcast platforms and catch up on previous episodes. If you have any suggestions or topics you'd like us to explore in the future, we'd love to hear from you. And you can reach out to us via email at 303andU at gmail.com. Don't forget to leave us a review and share the podcast with your friends and family if you've enjoyed what you've heard. We will be back next week with more engaging topics and insightful conversations. Until then, take care, stay curious, and happy learning.